0: What's happening everybody, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at NerdTease and affiliated with the Dynasty Trade Calculator and welcome to Mock Draft 2.1 for the 2021 NFL entry draft, which is just a few short weeks away now. Now, of course, if you've been following along with the first couple of mock drafts we did, we did mock draft 1.0, which was no trading whatsoever. Everyone picks where they were at the time. And mock draft 2.0, which came out a couple of weeks ago, which incorporated some mock trading. So 2.1 is dovetailing off of 2.0 and that's just with your input from that previous episode of course we had a number of really really good comments interesting insights into particular teams that I definitely had to take into account as I was doing this mock draft a lot of that of course coming from our good friend Geo, who is just the king of mock draft commentary And of course, with mock draft 2.1, we have to take into account there were some non-mock trades. There were some actual draft pick trades that have taken place since I posted mock draft 2.0. That of course includes the Miami Dolphins and San Francisco trade, where San Francisco sends picks 12, a third round pick, and two first round picks to the Dolphins for the third overall, and then when Miami traded back up with the Philadelphia Eagles sending them number six in exchange for 12, 123, and a future first rounder. And I'll tell you one thing that I really liked about both of those trades is that it kind of gave me a good indication that the way that I was kind of formulating my mock trades is at least kind of in the ballpark from a valuation perspective. Those actual real world trades offered good value up front and then quite a bit of future value now those real trades have the potential to be absolute backfires as well I try to avoid that a little bit when I'm creating my mock trades but there are no fewer than eight mock trades that will take place in this 2.1 mock draft for the first round of the upcoming entry draft we got eight mock trades teams moving around their picks and getting in position to address their biggest needs and of course, before we get into the actual mock draft, I'll do my due diligence on my housekeeping, of course, shouting out my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Teas. If you go to nerdteas.ca, hit that promo code BWFINEST, you are going to save 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping on any order in Canada over $100, which is an excellent deal because there are literally dozens and dozens of incredible tea blends that you can get on nerdteas.ca, like the White truck cup that i am currently enjoying right now at about 12 10 in the afternoon nerdtease.ca promo code BWFInest. save your money get your free shipping find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love you can do it at nerdtease.ca guys mother's day mother's day not that far away think about that as a really nice thoughtful gift for the moms and ladies in your life And of course, the Dynasty Trade Calculator, my newest affiliate. My link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator is in the description below to this video plans beginning as little as $3 for access to one of the absolute best Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football assets that you can have on the internet. Trade evaluations, podcasts, player rankings, doesn't matter what the format of your league is, the Dynasty Trade Calculator has you covered with the absolute best breakdowns and information that you can find online. The Dynasty Trade Calculator, make sure you hit my affiliate link down below and again i got the championships that prove the dynasty trade calculator is for real i feel like the housekeeping is getting quicker as we go along so look we're gonna waste no more time and the top part of this draft once again is going to go rather quickly we know the jacksonville jaguars are taking trevor lawrence quarterback out of clemson with the number one overall pick i mean we're not in the room We're not part of the conversations. I'm sure they're doing their due diligence on the other quarterbacks, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Unless Trevor Lawrence leaves his house tomorrow and his leg falls off, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. We move to number two with the New York Jets. And of course, in the previous mock draft, I had them trading this pick out, had them trading it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Apologies if this audio sounds a little different, but that's because it's being recorded after the fact because I realized that I said that the New York Jets traded Sam Bradford instead of trading Sam Darnold. So Sam Darnold, not Sam Bradford, Sam Darnold is the new quarterback in Carolina, which kind of takes Carolina out of the quarterback market as far as I'm concerned. So again, this is more stuff taking shape behind us we know the Jets are not moving this pick and basically we all but know that they're going to take Zach Wilson quarterback out of BYU with the number two overall pick I think but after Trevor Lawrence he's probably seen as the most NFL ready quarterback I don't necessarily know that he is but I think he's certainly looked at that way so we're going to go Zach Wilson number two to the Jets Now, the San Francisco 49ers, they made that big splash, trading up from 12 to number three overall, and I don't think you give up the future assets that the 49ers gave up if you're not making this move for your quarterback of the future. I mean, maybe they're making this trade up for Penny Sewell. I think he's an all-time talent as a left tackle, but personally, I would be shocked If they made this move to draft an offensive lineman, and I think their fan base would be pretty upset with that as well. So now the question is who do they take? Genuinely, I think, in terms of the talent of this quarterback class, I think Justin Fields is the one that should be going in this spot if he doesn't go number two overall to the Jets. But we've already had the Jets take Zach Wilson. The majority of people, including like, People high up in this game, like people like Adam Schefter, are talking about the fact that the Niners, by all by everything that they believe, made this move to get Mac Jones. So I'm gonna have them do that. And I'm gonna have them do that for a very specific reason that we're going to reveal here in just a second. So the Niners move up to three. Let's have them do that. I personally think that's a mistake. But if that's what the Niners did that for... Let's have them take Mac Jones at number three. Next up, we have the number four overall pick. It's currently owned by the Atlanta Falcons. They are publicly shopping this pick and in a trade that I think takes place prior to the draft. I don't think this happens on draft day. I think this trade happens this week. The Atlanta Falcons swing a trade with the team that beat them in the Super Bowl The New England Patriots trade up from pick number 15 up to number four, a move that very much mimics what the Niners did going from 12 up to number three. I do not, however, have the Patriots giving up nearly as much to move up to number four because, quite frankly, San Francisco overpaid for the number three overall pick. The Patriots, in exchange for the fourth overall pick from the Falcons, trade Atlanta picks number 15, 46, and 120 in this year's draft, as well as a second round pick next year, 2022 as far as i'm concerned that's bare minimum atlanta's getting their value back for the pick and best case scenario they're getting a nice extra added value on top if the patriots just absolutely collapse and happen to you know finish you know way down in the standings next year so Atlanta's getting their value back one way or the other again just because they had these crazy overpays in real life doesn't necessarily mean that the Patriots are going to make that same mistake so we've got New England now at number four and I absolutely love this and the reason that I think I have them doing this prior to the draft That puts all the pressure back on San Francisco. San Francisco are the ones that stuck their necks out to trade up and made it obvious that they were going for a quarterback. And if Mac Jones is going to be their guy, I just feel like this is a very Bill Belichick thing to do. I'm picturing Bill Belichick standing behind Kyle Shanahan in a lineup and saying, go ahead. Go ahead. Take your guy. I encourage it. Like, the psychological warfare that is Bill Belichick is why I love this trade so much and why I love this trade to happen prior to the draft. The Patriots trade up to number four overall, and they draft Justin Fields. If they're they're going to let the San Francisco 49ers make the mistake of drafting Mac Jones third overall. And this is nothing against Mac Jones. Justin Fields is a better athlete. Justin Fields a better quarterback Justin Fields is going to have a better career in the NFL than Mac Jones I have no restraints right now in 2021 about saying that and Justin Fields will be the next quarterback of the New England Patriots I full well believe that Bill Belichick will let the San Francisco 49ers make that mistake and as soon as they do Patriots jump all over Justin Fields at number four. The number five overall pick currently owned by the Cincinnati Bengals. We have another trade to announce. This is the Cincinnati Bengals trading out of the number five overall pick simply because they can still fulfill their needs a couple of picks later, pick up some draft equity, some important draft equity for them as they continue to move on and insulate Joe Burrow and the offensive weapons that they already have. So the Bengals sitting at five, look, The Bengals could take Penny Sewell at five, and no one would bat an eye at it, except for the fact that, even though their offensive line is not all that great, they got decent left tackle play last year. Jonah Williams, who played left tackle most of the season last year for Cincinnati, was graded a 70.1 through pro football focus. There is nothing wrong with that. And look, Penny Sewell is basically a dedicated left tackle. So unless you need a left tackle, so, long story short, I just don't see the Cincinnati Bengals going after Penny Sewell. But a team that desperately needs their new franchise left tackle is the Carolina Panthers. So, Cincinnati and Carolina are going to swing a trade here. The Bengals sending the fifth overall pick to Carolina in exchange for 8 73 151, as well as a third round pick in 2022. Cincinnati more than gets their value back on that pick and has, again, some upside to it as well, like we saw with the real-world trades that took place as well. So now that we've got the Carolina Panthers on the clock at number five, they are going to grab offensive lineman Penny Sewell. Once again, I I could not be higher on Penny Sewell as a talent at fifth overall. I think this is an excellent spot for him to land, and I think Carolina will make the move up in order for that to happen. Miami Dolphins are sitting here at six by virtue of their trade down and then trade back up. So the Dolphins could go in a couple of different directions here. Look, Jamar Chase is on the board and everybody is saying, yo, Miami needs a wide receiver and they need a wide receiver bad. I just can't pass on Kyle Pitts in this spot. I think Kyle Pitts, aside from potentially Trevor Lawrence, is the best football player in this draft. He can be moved over anywhere either side of the line either tight end position Uh, he can be moved out wide at wide receiver they might even try Kyle Pitts in the backfield he is such a weapon I I don't think the Dolphins can pass on him here I think they may have shuffled around realizing that hey Kyle Pitts is in play for us I think that's the direction they're going to go Kyle Pitts to Miami of course he just played at Florida Detroit is now on the clock at number seven, and in the previous couple of mocks, I've had them go with defensive lineman Queedy Pay out of Michigan because they badly need to address that defense. But in both mocks, Jamar Chase has not been sitting there. Jamar Chase has all the potential in the world to be a franchise-wide receiver. Detroit needs weapons now that Kenny Galladay is out the door. They've got Jared Goff at quarterback, and he needs somebody to throw the ball to, aside from TJ Hawkinson. I, I they don't think they can pass up on Jamar Chase here. He's the best wide receiver prospect in this draft. Detroit is going to grab Jamar Chase at seven. Now we've got the Bengals who are now up at pick number eight by virtue of the trade we did earlier with Carolina. I do think they're going to address the offensive line in this pick. Again, I just didn't think Penny Sewell was the right pick for them. They're more focused, I would have to believe, on the interior of the offensive line. I think their tackle play is all right, but that interior O-line I think is where they need to focus. And I'm going to have them grab Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. I think he can play either guard position, could even slot over into center if he was really pressed into duty to do it but i think that's where rashawn slater should be focused here the interior o-line i think that's what cincinnati needs the Bengals grab slater at eight denver i'm gonna stick with my guns here and go linebacker micah parsons from penn state that's who i had them take in the previous mock draft as well there's obviously a lot of conversation here about denver trading up for a quarterback but i mean look I just don't think you're going to get next year's starter out of this draft class unless you can somehow weasel the second overall pick from the Jets. I just don't think you're going to get that. So in lieu of that, let's try to make your team better where you really need it. And I think Micah Parsons solves that problem very quickly we're at the 10th overall pick and this is a pick that is currently owned by the dallas cowboys but i do have the dallas cowboys trading down in this spot and they're going to trade down with The Atlanta Falcons now again earlier the Falcons traded from fourth down to 15 however the Falcons see an opportunity here to grab the piece that they really need and they're going to trade up with the Dallas Cowboys sending Dallas the number 15 overall pick as well as picks number 68, as well as a fourth round pick in 2022. You may see the Cowboys tack on a late pick. I know they own pick number 192, which may be of interest to Atlanta as well. So you may see Dallas throw on a late pick in order to make the trade work. But the main crux here is the Atlanta Falcons trade from four to 15, then go back up from 15 to 10. In order to select interior offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker, an an O-lineman that has been flying up my draft board since the very beginning, I think Vera Tucker starts for the Falcons next year. Again, another team that doesn't really need help on the exterior of the their offensive line but the interior definitely needs help if Atlanta's going to be making a run here trying to maximize the windows of a guy like Matt Ryan trying to maximize the effectiveness of a guy like Mike Davis who they've now signed to be in their backfield Elijah Vera Tucker solves that for them Atlanta grabs Vera Tucker 10th overall The 11th pick here belongs to the New York Giants, and I think if they were to stay in this position, if what happened in front of them had not just happened with Elijah Vera Tucker going off the board, I think the Giants would stay at 11 and would have taken Vera Tucker because as was pointed out to me by a Giants fan in conversation about Mock Draft 2.0, where the Giants really need help is on the interior of the O-line, not so much the exterior. However, the interior alignment that they would have been targeting in this position probably just went off the board in front of them. Given that, they're going to trade back a couple of picks with a team that does desperately need an exterior offensive linemen and they're starting to see some of these old linemen go off the board that's the Los Angeles Chargers I've had the Chargers targeting O-line right from the very beginning I'm going to have the Chargers trade up from number 13 to number 11 to the Giants they're also going to send the Giants the number 97 overall pick that is a third rounder in order to make this deal happen so Chargers go from 13 to 11 Giants fall back to 13 And at number 11, we're going to have the LA Chargers grab offensive lineman Christian Derrissaw from Virginia Tech. Maybe he still would have been around, but I don't think they want to take any chances with the need that they specifically have. Chargers grab Derrissaw from Virginia Tech at 11 overall. The Eagles are up next now at number 12, of course, by virtue of the real world trades that have taken place. And Philly needs a weapon. Like, look, if they wouldn't have moved out of the spot they were in, they would have been in line for a guy like Kyle Pitts or a guy like Jamar Chase. But we're here now, so they still need a weapon. That need has not changed. Devonta Smith is right there, wide receiver from Alabama. I think they're going to grab Devonta Smith. Obviously, Devonta Smith would have the connection there with Jalen Hurts from Alabama. If you have that opportunity to play into that kind of chemistry, you got to take that chance. Devonta Smith, 12 overall to Philly. Now we have the New York Giants at 13, moving back from number 11. Again, I don't think they can really address the interior offensive line from this spot. I think they would trade way back if they were going to be looking at that. So in low of that... The Giants have been searching for an elite edge rusher for a number of years now, and I think this is finally where they make that move. So this is a bit of a departure for me. I've gone O-line with the Giants twice now, but we're going to have them grab edge rusher Quidi Pei out of Michigan. Obviously, I think Quidi Pei is a top 10 talent. I really like him in this spot at 13. There's value in this pick going to the Giants, he makes their pass rush immediately better, whether it's on the edges at linebacker, a dedicated pass rusher, however they want to deploy him, Queti Pay makes that Giants defense better, he goes to New York at 13. Now we have the number 14 overall pick which is owned by the minnesota vikings and in a previous mock actually in the previous mock at 2.0 obviously i had the vikings doing some draft pick gymnastics trading back twice in fact from 14 to 15 and then 15 back to 19. In that same spirit, I still have the Minnesota Vikings and the Washington football team pulling a trade here. Washington needs a quarterback. There's only one quarterback left on the board. They're going to make the deal that makes that happen. They make the trade with the Minnesota Vikings for the number 14 overall pick. Washington sending Minnesota 19-74 and a third, maybe a fourth round pick to the Vikings in order to make that deal work. Washington trades up to the number 14 spot in order to draft Trey Lance now I had them drafting Mac Jones I believe in a previous mock but look if people are really that high on Mac Jones and he's going to go with like a top three pick I don't think Washington has the equity to reliably make that happen but grabbing Trey Lance at 14 a nice consolation prize for Washington Lance is going to be a good quarterback in this league. Don't get me wrong. I think he's the future of the Washington football team. They take him at 14. Now we have the Cowboys up at number 15 by virtue of the trade back with the Atlanta Falcons. I think Dallas can reliably trade back and get exactly the player that they want, and it's going to be the same pick that I had them take in the previous mock. That is defensive lineman Jalen Phillips from Miami of Florida. He can be deployed in a lot of interesting ways considering how Dallas does their front. He can be deployed on the interior of the D-line. He could be deployed on the edge as an edge linebacker, a dedicated pass rusher, kind of in the same vein as a Quidi Pei. Dallas can deploy him in a lot of interesting ways. Jalen Phillips, number 15 overall, goes to Dallas. Number 16 is the Arizona Cardinals, and here is a big departure. So I've had them, I think, in both mock drafts that I've done, taking Jeremiah Owuzu-Koromoa, linebacker from Notre Dame. I still think that is a good pick. However, that is not the way that I am going. I am having them go on the offensive side of the ball, replicating, trying to replicate part of what made them very, very good last year, another offensive weapon. I don't necessarily know that this guy is the best prospect in his position group. I think there are at least two guys that could make a similar argument. However, I look at need and I look at the depth chart for the Arizona Cardinals. They just had their quote unquote starting running back walk in free agency. So now you've got Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds might be the guy or it might be Najee Harris time running back from Alabama. Najee Harris, a 6'2", 230-pound senior from Alabama, obviously playing in the SEC West. Look, Najee Harris is an incredible back. He is an incredible talent. However, I don't necessarily know that he's the best running back that's in this class. I don't know that he's necessarily a ton better than Travis Etienne. I don't know that he's a ton better than Chuba Hubbard, but... Najee Harris is definitely the running back in this class that is looked the most fondly upon. You can even look in the comments section of mock draft 2.0 and there are multiple comments dedicated just to Najee Harris and the lack of belief that Najee Harris didn't go in the first round. If Najee Harris is going to go in the first round, looking at the makeup of the teams, the one that is in most need of a running back is the Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to have Najee Harris from Alabama go 16th overall to Arizona. Maybe there's a trade back possibility here as well, but I just had them take him with their natural pick. Now, the big beneficiary of the fact that I had the Cardinals go with Najee Harris at 16 is the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders at 17, they obviously need help all over their defense. I had them go uh, defensive back uh, in 2.0. I believe I had them go with uh, Patrick Sertain, maybe, and I think I had them go with an edge rusher even in 1.0. Jeremiah Owuzu-Koromoa falling to them at 17 is a gift, and it's a gift that I don't think they can overlook. He makes multiple levels of their defense better, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, he goes to Vegas at 17 overall, and I think Raiders fans would be very excited with that. We've got the Miami Dolphins back up at number 18, who obviously I think are going to take at least a little bit of heat for the fact that they didn't take Jamar Chase in the sixth overall position. However, based on the way my mock was playing out, I said, wait a minute, Jalen Waddell hasn't gone anywhere yet. Jalen Waddell is going to go 18 overall to Miami. I very briefly considered, like I think something that I had done in previous mocks, which is look, Miami's got two first round picks, address the offense and address the defense. That was certainly a possibility. And I don't think with all of the really good cornerbacks, DBs, Uh, linebackers that are available in this spot if Miami does decide to go with a defensive player I'm not going to criticize them for it however look weapon weapon if Tua is your guy give him the weapons to really display that he's your guy and that's what I have them doing in this draft big two big weapons in this draft in Kyle Pitts and now Jalen Waddell Vikings now picking at 19 overall due to the trade that we had them do a little bit earlier with Washington. Their need remains the same. It's offensive line. They can still address that need where they're at, so they have no problem at all trading back in that spot. Jalen Mayfield here to me is the obvious pick on the offensive line. He could be one of the tackles of the future for Minnesota. I believe Minnesota lost a tackle in free agency. Riley Reef, maybe? They've got Garrett Bradbury and Ezra Cleveland on the interior. Both of them are fine. I think they just picked up Dakota Dozier from the Jets as well. Their tackle play does not look great and they have not really invested in their tackles. So that's why we're going to have them do that with this pick. I think Mayfield is the best offensive lineman left on the board. He goes 19 to the Vikes. And it's also double good for Minnesota because they got to move in front of a division rival and take the exact same need that that division rival has, them being the Chicago Bears. I still have the Bears out on the quarterback market. Uh, I I just didn't see the proper move for them, and I just didn't think it quite made sense. I think they'll reapproach that again, of course, next year. I'm going to have them go offensive line. Someone in the comments from Mock Draft 2.0, because I had them going defense, they said like, look, I think it's a lot more likely that they go on the offensive line, and they weren't the only person to say that, so I said, I'm going to take that into consideration, and I turns out I agree with them. So for the Bears, I'm going to have them go Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. There was a lot of thought here about going Dylan Radunes as well, maybe even Liam Eikenberg, but I think of the three, Tevin Jenkins best fits the scheme there in chicago so we're gonna have jenkins from oklahoma state go 20th overall to chicago colts are up here at 21 they also need offensive line help and since tevin jenkins and jalen mayfield went ahead of their pick they're gonna stick right here grab the next best offensive lineman on the board which to me is dylan radunes from north dakota state not much of a departure there i think i may have even had radunes go to indianapolis i did even in the the last mock when i had them trade down to 29 i still had them grab dylan radunes i don't necessarily know that he'd still be there if i did that again but dylan radunes to indy at 21 directly addresses their need i think it's a strong pick Up next is pick number 22, currently held by the Tennessee Titans. However, I am going to have the Titans trade down a couple of spots. They can still directly attack their biggest area of need by trading back a couple of spots. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be more than happy to trade up because they've been seeing someone sliding down the board who they are very interested in adding to their defense. So the Titans are going to trade back from 22 to 24. Pittsburgh sending Tennessee picks number 24, 128, as well as a fourth round pick next year in order to make that deal happen. The Steelers now up at pick number 22, and they're gonna grab Patrick Sertain, defensive back from Alabama. Sorry, Patrick Sertain, the second. Of course, I had him go 17th overall to the Raiders in 2.0. In 1.0, I had him go 18th to Miami. So he's slid down a couple of spots. Pittsburgh knows a value deal when they have one. They make the move. They grab Patrick Sertain at 22. The Jets are up next at 23 with their second pick of the first round. I felt very firmly about them going on the defensive side of the ball here with this pick. Obviously, they're going to address the quarterback situation, but I think they need to address the secondary specifically as well. I have them grabbing J.C. Horn from South Carolina. I think he's arguably... One of the better defensive backs left, and there's another one, another D-back, that's been falling down the draft as well, but it's a matter of scheme. I think J.C. Horn fits their scheme better than the guy that hasn't been taken yet, and I think if you're a fan of the team or the guy that hasn't been taken yet, you know who I'm talking about. Don't worry, he's coming up later. So now we've got Tennessee at 24, and again, they can trade back a couple of spots here and reliably still get the player that they want. I'm very high on the Tennessee Titans taking safety Trayvon Morig out of TCU. I think that's happened in multiple mock drafts now. That is a pick that I'm very locked in on for the Titans. If they don't trade out of the first round completely, which is a possibility for them as well, I really like them taking TCU's Morig now at 24. The Jacksonville Jaguars are back up here at 25 by virtue of a trade earlier in the season. They've taken their new franchise quarterback face of the franchise, Trevor Lawrence. Let's give him a little bit of protection. Liam Eichenberg, offensive lineman from Notre Dame, fits that bill. He fits in with their blocking scheme. He could potentially be the left tackle of the future in Jacksonville. I think Eichenberg is a strong pick here for the Jags at 25. Cleveland Browns are up next at number 26. I had them take Gregory Russo in mock draft 2.0. We're certainly staying on the defensive side. And even though that pick was disagreed upon by my good friend Gio, he obviously has his concerns about Gregory Russo who opted out of the season last year i think it's an excellent fit cleveland needs an edge rusher i think he's the best one on the board in terms of pure talent so i'm still gonna have them take gregory russo from miami of florida here at pick number 26. however i will say aziz ogillari out of georgia is right there and i will certainly hear arguments that Ojalari is the proper pick but i definitely have them focusing on the edge Pick number 27 is up now. It's currently owned by the Baltimore Ravens, but based on some arguments, not arguments really, but like, I think the Ravens could go in either direction in a couple of different directions, I should say. And I think it's going to be rather complex for them to figure out specifically where they should go with 27. What I think they ultimately decide is that they need a wide receiver but they don't need the wide receiver that could be taken at 27. And I think there will be teams picking up the phone, want to move up a couple of spots. We're interested in this pick. I think the Green Bay Packers make a little move here. And yes, Green Bay is my team, but we're we're looking at the way these next few picks are organized. You've got Baltimore at 27. You've got New Orleans at 28. You've got Green Bay at 29. All three of those teams arguably need a wide receiver with your green bay you're sitting at 29 you're in the back of that pack you're letting your decisions be made for you if you don't do something i think they pick up the phone and do something i think Baltimore's willing to have the conversation for reasons that we will talk about in just a second even though both teams arguably are going after a wide receiver baltimore willing to move off the number 27 pick to the green bay packers the packers send them 29 135 as well as a late round pick in 2022 let's go like a a fifth rounder maybe a sixth rounder even i don't think it would take a ton just to move up those two spots but we're gonna have them do it green bay now on the clock at number 27 i have them taking wide receiver rashad bateman out of minnesota i think this is excellent value here If they're going to be out on the top three guys, which I would understand why they would be, of course, in the previous mock, they weren't because I had Devonta Smith fall down the draft board. But in the absence of that, I want my team to be making their own decisions kind of thing. So I found a trade partner. Green Bay makes the trade with Baltimore. They take Bateman. New Orleans at 28, I don't think, is going to be crazy upset about that because again, they weren't in a position where they were making their own decision anyway. And Kadarius Tony is a nice little consolation prize for New Orleans at number 28. I think he fits very well in their scheme. I think he almost immediately steps into being their wide receiver, too. So look, Kadarius Tony, I think he will do great things in New Orleans. Tony from Florida goes to the Saints at 28. Now you've got Baltimore up at 29, and here's the reason Baltimore made that move. The Ravens are going to select LSU wide receiver Terrence Marshall. Marshall is 6'3", 200 pounds, again, playing out of LSU as a junior. Again, SEC West, he's battle-tested against very good teams. The reason that I had them trade down, confident that they could take Terrence Marshall in this spot, is the fit. This guy is not restricted at all by scheme. Baltimore's role is very different for wide receivers. The two guys that I just had go ahead of him, Bateman and Kadarius Tony, are vertical offense receivers. So Green Bay and New Orleans make perfect sense for them. Baltimore is going to get some equity by moving back a couple of spots and getting a guy that is not going to be hamstrung by the way they operate their offense. He is going to be able to flourish and produce no matter what the role is in Baltimore, whether it's on the outside opposite Hollywood Brown, whether it's in the slot, whether it's in four wide sets, Marshall is going to be able to operate and produce and play very good football regardless of the scheme. So Baltimore, that's the guy that I think Baltimore should hone in on specifically and they can trade back to do it. That's why I like those movements. So once again, we've got Green Bay moving up to 27 to take Bateman. we got the Saints taking Tony at 28. Baltimore trades down to 29 to take Terrence Marshall from LSU. We've got the Buffalo Bills now up at 30. I've focused on defense for them in both of the previous mocks, going defensive line as well as linebacker. We're going to trade it up and change it up here one more time because I've had a DB that is arguably, and I've even done this in mock draft 1.0, you could argue that this DB is a top 10 talent. You could certainly argue that he's a top 15, easily a top 20 talent. But here we sit at pick number 30 and Caleb Farley's name has not been called yet, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Buffalo is getting a steal. Here in Caleb Farley and the reason that I didn't take Caleb Farley over Patrick Sertain for Pittsburgh or JC Horn for the Jets it's because of fit it's because of scheme it's because of the way they run their defense Caleb Farley is more apt to play better. The way buffalo plays defense than the way those other two do whether it's man coverage versus zone coverage press whatever it is caleb farley's a better fit for the buffalo bills he slid down the board i have them grabbing him at 30. pick number 31 belongs to the kansas city chiefs obviously runners up in the super bowl i'm actually going to have them trade out of this pick they have a need but they can address it a couple of picks later early in the second round and for the third time today i'm going to call the atlanta falcons name they've got some draft equity based on the trades that they've made a little bit earlier i've got the falcons sending picks number 35 and 108 maybe a late round flyer next year to the kansas city chiefs in order to move up from 35 to 31 that puts the Atlanta Falcons back on the board now directly because a player that we called a little earlier, Azizo Ojolari out of Georgia, is dropping down our draft board here and that's Atlanta's biggest area of need on the defense as far as I'm concerned is at edge rusher. So I have the move up four spots, grab Azizo Ojolari, do not leave it to chance. Ojolari goes 31 to the Atlanta Falcons. And the last pick, number 32, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I thought about having them trade out of this pick, but we're just gonna stick with them here because an offensive lineman, an interior offensive lineman, in fact, has fallen down the board a little bit and put them right in line to be grabbed by the Super Bowl champs. That is Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. We had the conversation about him in Mock Draft 2.0. He suffered a litany of injuries, but from a talent perspective, could be a top five offensive line prospect in this draft. It's just a matter of whether or not he stays healthy. Tampa Bay can afford to take the time to develop him, make sure he's developing properly at the pro level, and anything you do to better insulate Tom Brady that's what you need to do. So I've got the Bucks going interior offensive line, which is a little bit of a divergence from earlier. I think I've had them go defense uh, linebacker specifically in both of the previous mocks. So we change that up a little bit. Dickerson from Alabama goes to the Bucks. There you go, folks. There is mock draft 2.1 for the 2021 NFL entry draft. We had plenty of trading, obviously, even like as much as like three trades in the top 10, we got a lot of movement in this one, obviously. And I think a lot of movement is going to happen leading up to and at the entry draft. What do you think of mock draft 2.1? How would you compare it to 2.0 if you've watched both? Any input on any of these picks, greatly appreciated. Good chance that we'll be doing at least two more of these before the actual entry draft. I want to do another one. Probably, we'll probably move into 3.0 and 3.1. I want to do 3.0, which is another crack at no trading at all. Every team picks where they currently sit when I do that mock. And another crack at a final version of these mock drafts that include my own mock trading. Anything you have to say about these mocks please let me know. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Of course, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, as well as my affiliation with the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you again for 3.0 and 3.1.